Live from the old National Bank State Street Studio, across from the historic Chicago Theater, you are listening to Carmen and Yurko on the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. This is WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago, a good Karma Brands radio station. Hope everyone's having a great day. That's nicer than yesterday. A little, a little sunshine, warming up. Tomorrow's supposed to be like 50. I got the shorts on today. Love it. Last night, I mean, it was beautiful. You know, I, went, I was up at uh, Twin Peaks in Warrenville. We had a wonderful time up there. Pretty good Hawks game. Uh, pretty good Hawks game. They're up 3-2 to two at, the, at the end of the second, and uh, I thought they were going to find a way to win. Do you know the Blackhawks find themselves in last place? I'm not sure. Right now, trending. They're in the lottery. They're trending to get the top pick again. Who's this year's Connor Bedard? Dare I say that's what you we've know, got to look forward to? That's a question for Pat Boyle, right. uh, for Barstool Chief. I, I don't, off the top of my head, I really don't know. I don't, I don't, know I don't follow it that closely as much either. as I love hockey. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's that's not as amazing. easy. It's following yeah. the NFL yeah. and the NBA drafts. Uh, I don't know, Yerk. Probably some kid that played for the Steel, though, in the USHL here locally, the Chicago Steel. Yep. It seems like every year they go, oh, yeah, that kid played they, for us. Got a nice, that kid played for yep. us. That kid played for us. They got a nice uh, program going over there. Real nice. Yeah. So I don't know if there's – I listen, there's not going to be a Connor Bedard because those are – those come along oh, once every 10, far, 15 far years. between? Well, yeah. Connor well, McDavid? How long ago was McDavid in? About seven, eight years. Yeah, so they come along every seven maybe, years. Maybe seven, eight years. You know, it's funny. If you look I mean, at Crosby, Crosby, Ovechkin, Kane – well, but I, I wouldn't mean, say Kaner was ever hyped like he may not have been hyped, but he was. I know. I'm just talking about. The, I'm just talking about the hype. Yeah. Oh, I got like you. Crosby, McDavid, Bedard. I bet if you looked, it's all probably every seven, eight years. You're right. Where they the the hype on Sidney Crosby was all time. The hype right. on McDavid all time. The hype on Bedard all time. So. It's probably once every decade or so ish that a player comes along. That's I, got I believe the, Bedard lit the lamp last night too. No, no, he. Uh, I he, thought he did. He was off the score sheet last night. You're kidding yeah, me. Yeah. All right. Well, I thought all the excitement. I heard the chair go up. I turned it was around for Nick Foligno. Yeah. I thought was it Foligno? I love Nick. We're going nuts for Foligno. They got yeah. a ways to go. Anyway, yeah, Yurko was out last night at uh, Twin Peaks. Uh, Twin, uh, yeah, at, uh, Twin Peaks. Yeah, Twin That's Peaks in Warrenville. Yeah. Absolutely, we had a great so, time. Is that where you were? Yeah. Do you know they had special outfits on too for the uh, ending of Prohibition for Repeal Day? Oh yeah. Were they like? Oh yeah. Not, I wish I would have been there oh, last night. Oh yeah. Uh, tonight, Waddle and me are. Or uh, you can hang with Waddle and me. I should say. Uh, Waddle and I will be at the Elm, the Elm in Lagrange with Edrington. We'll be drinking Wyoming whiskey, Noble Oak. Those are two bourbons, and then a first at Whiskey U, a Scotch Highland Park single malt Scotch. I think we're trying the twelve year, maybe something else fun. Uh, there'll be great food, so you can come hang with us starting at seven tonight at the Elm in Lagrange. This was Cole Komet earlier in the week. Uh, Bears coming out of the bye, looking at their last five. Yurko, we finished these five out here, and um, you know, obviously. It- I'm treating it like we're in playoff mode now. Um, you know, I think five very winnable games here to end the season. And, you know, who knows what can happen at nine and eight. And, you know, not, I'm not looking big, big picture, but, you know, you take it one week at a time. But um, I think, I think, look, there's a lot of, a lot of flux at the bottom of the NFC here, you know, especially for that um, seven, six spot. And uh, you, know, you never know what can happen, but you just got to take it one week at a time and, and we'll see where it goes. He's not wrong about that. The Packers right now at uh, six and six, Yurko, are a playoff team. At Green six Bay. and six, of course. Green yeah. Bay Packers are six and six right. of the seventh seed. The what Vikings are six and six of the sixth seed. What did I tell you? 
500 gets you gets you right there. You're in the hunt. You're in the playoffs. That's what I told you at the beginning of the year. That's why I said I just want the Bears to be mediocre. Rise to the level of mediocrity. And dare I say, the mistakes they had this year that have cost them a couple of ball games just kill me. They were 90-plus percent to win two games. And they, lost and they found a way to lose both games. So, Yerk... The narrative now, or not even just, I think what people are, are buying into looking at the schedule is okay. If now it would require a winning streak, unlike anything we've seen in some time, they haven't won back to back games in two years. Winning out would require a six game winning streak. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, it well, seems unlikely. The, the one that's just happened, don't worry about it. You got a bye week, you've got enough time removed from the last one. Well, you've got to start your streak all over again. It doesn't even make a difference. I understand it'd be two in a row. It'd be two Separated in a row. by a bye week, it doesn't even matter. It's well, not like you're building off the momentum you had last week. That momentum you had last week is gone. You've got to reestablish that momentum this week. You're playing the Lions in a revenge game yes. after you should have won and you piddled it down your pant leg by giving up a drive at the end of the half and playing soft at the final two possessions of the game. So this is a week where your anger, your frustrations... Uh, get let out. It's going to be 20 miles an hour. I don't know if you've seen the weather report already get thrown out there. I'm sure Todd Furman Golf. and all the guys in Las Vegas have started dissecting these numbers across the country. But they're calling for big wins. Goff doesn't like that. Yeah, big wins. So, no, are you kidding me? Jared, Jared Goff doesn't like it when it's cold. And if for one reason or another, he throws interceptions against the Bears, and that's yeah. what I love. So, it's a revenge game. Okay. This is the take your frustrations out on the Detroit Lions game. Mike North has a funny line about revenge games. And every time I bring him up over the yeah, years, you know what he, he says? Say? Mike says, I remember the time in high school, uh, the guy, you know, uh, Joey Baloney beat the crap out of me. And I went for revenge. And uh, the next weekend, guess what? He beat the crap out of me again. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Like, uh, Well, I mean, you know, like maybe Mikey didn't bring enough to the battle in the second <laughs> one. You know? I wouldn't mess with Mikey. I wouldn't mess with Mikey in high school. I wouldn't mess yeah. with him now. He's I'm bringing, like 72. I'm bringing a different type of heat for the second occasion. Uh, so... What I think is more interesting is I, I just – sorry to be a downer. I don't think a six-game winning streak is Debbie, a card Debbie here, Downer? Like the Fields narrative is the like what, what can he do? Can he convince them? Can he get better? Can he get to the point where over the next five weeks he is consistently like good to great? I would love to see that. I think we all would. Would it make it even harder for the Bears then? Maybe. But this is like what everybody's talking about right now. And you're hearing a lot locally. This was this morning on Tuesdays, you know, they, on Good Morning Football, they write, they go around on the whiteboard and they write down que- uh, answers to different questions that are thrown at them. And Kyle Brandt wrote this on his whiteboard when asked what he's most looking forward to in week 14. I like the teams that have been on a bye come back to visit. Sure. And I'm going to say right here, number one for the nice. Chicago Bears, Justin Fields. It is Bears-Lions this weekend. The Bears have five games left in their season. They're four and eight. I feel like Justin Fields has five games left in his demo reel, his audition. He is, I think he's playing for his future. When he's on, he is one of the most exciting players in the league. I still don't know what the Bears are going to do with the quarterback system moving forward. Unless Jason's wish comes true and uh, Bryce Young turns into Dan Marino this weekend, I, I think the Panthers are going to give the Bears the number one overall pick. I really do. They're going to be sitting there at the number one overall pick and being like, no quarterback, no. We will stick with Justin, and then we will extend him like... Guys, he's done a lot of losing, and not all his fault. I would like to see him go on a tear to finish this season. It starts this weekend with Detroit. 
We will see if that happens. And is it give the Bears something more to think about? The one mistake is you don't have to extend him. You just have to pick up the fifth-year option. That's a mistake, a misspoke, whatever. That's true. Either way, it doesn't make a difference. That's all you've got to make a decision on. Three weeks ago, the narrative on Jordan Love was that he couldn't play in this league. Yes. That was narrative. At 3-6, and six, that he couldn't play in this league, that he was a problem, that the string of quarterbacks has ended. Three weeks later, it's a more positive frame of mind in Green Much. Bay. Much. Not that he's an abject failure, but hey, we've got to still wait a little bit to see a little bit more out of you know Jordan Love to see what he is or what he isn't going to be. Mm. So if you're telling me in five weeks you can't change the narrative, I think you can. Yeah. No, okay? no, yeah. I, I, th- I, I think, think you can. I do think it's possible. All right. That's what I'm going to say. And in this game that we talk about, and obviously I don't want to give away any of the keys brought to you by Verdoliac Law Group, which I do on Friday, that... I think Detroit running against Chicago, advantage Chicago. Bears running against Detroit, advantage Bears. Mm, You heard it here first. So I like advantage Bears on both of those fronts. on both sides. On a day that you might not be able to throw the ball as freely as you want to throw it. You know how we always talk about the butterfly effect of the way things happen and like the most recent... Papillon. Papillon. Yeah. The Papillon effect. Papillon effect. The most recent example of this is like what what appears to be... (laughs) shaping up like five years from now we're going to say boy did the did the texans get lucky at the end of the day who knew that lovey getting that win was gonna mean so much to them because it dropped them to two they draft cj stroud and like look at the way this is trending cj stroud's on pace for five thousand yards the bears don't have a single four thousand yard passer in their history here because we've documented they don't have a four thousand yard passer C.J. Stroud is going to hit 4,000 yards in two weeks. And so it's these ripple effects, right? What if? This is my dream. You ready for my dream? What if? (laughs) This is crazy. The Bears win. The Bears get to seven. Bears get to seven wins. Yes. Justin plays awesome. Five weeks, he's he's. I almost, I almost thought we were unhinged. I almost dropped an F-bomb. I swear to God, I came that close. Justin's effing awesome, dude. The Bears completely throw out 2022 for Matt Eberflus. And it sure seems like that's the case because now I've heard Adam, jo- uh, Adam Johns say it to Waddle and Sylvie. Courtney's talked about it with us. Brad Biggs wrote about it this morning. Uh, Josh Schrock over at NBC Sports Chicago has written about it. It sure seems like the people in the know have gotten the idea from the powers that be that last year does not count. They were trying to suck, and they sucked. They did suck. So what if it is everybody's back? The Bears wait till round three to draft a quarterback, and that quarterback is Bo Nix. Now, McCarthy's not going to be there that long. I'm telling you, he's not. Now, and a lot can change because the cycle goes crazy in the spring. But most, and I looked, most of the draft guys still have Bo Nix as like the fourth, somewhere between fourth and sixth and like a third round-ish pick. Great. Yeah, like, now, maybe that does change with the stupid hype machine. But what if they pass, they wait, yeah. they draft a quarterback because they should, and it's Bo Nix in like five years from now? We're going to look back and say, wow, the ripple effect. Bo Nix is the best quarterback in the league. Bo Nix is the best quarterback from the class. I was on today with Pat the Tormentor, right, on his podcast. Just absolutely wonderful. I mean, we had a good time on there today. I said, you get Marvin Harrison. You trade down, you're going to get Marvin Harrison. 
You're either going to get your pass rusher or you're going to get a left tackle to replace Braxton Jones, depending on whether you're enamored with him or not. But you could get a pass rusher, too, in the first round. Right? So you get Harrison, you get your pass rusher. Because you traded down and got more equity in the second round, you get your center. Mm-hmm. Right? So now I got my center, I got a pass rusher or a left tackle, I got my wide receiver. Dare I say you've done some damage here? Dare I say you've done something special? Are you still drafting a quarterback somewhere in this draft? Somewhere in this you draft, you will. You have to. But your scenario, could it, your could scenario it happen here? plays out better with my scenario. Uh, that's true. Okay? And I don't know why you wouldn't. Even if you think Justin Fields might be your quarterback of the future, you'd still want to take a quarterback at some point in this draft. 100%. So there you go. I think I mean, you and well, I are in kind of a, a lockstep I don't here. know. Well, here, I like. I think one of the seven quarterbacks that will come out will be successful. Which one of the seven that yes, will come out this year that's, is a roll of the dice. Great question. Anybody that tells me Caleb Williams now, is a lock, is Peyton Manning coming out of college, is full of crap. Now, make no mistake. If you ask me to make a prediction right now, I don't see how the Bears could bypass a quarterback early unless Justin goes absolutely bananas over these final five games. I think it's going to be very hard for them to pass. But I'm just saying, wouldn't it be something? I was thinking about this last night. Wouldn't it be something if years from now we look back and we say it finally happened for us as Bears fans? Remember that five-game stretch where Justin was awesome? And the Bears passed on all the top quarterbacks, and they drafted Bo Nix in the late second round, early third round, and he's the like, and he's the blank. Aren't we due for something yeah. like that to happen to us it's for crying out loud? It's about time, yeah. We're due. It's Carl. interesting to to think about the, We're the due butterfly, in that the papillon effect, yeah. the Sierra papillon Coast, effect, as, as I like calls to say. It. Yes. Courtney Cronin in about 15, 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. McKnight at phone. the movies. That's tomorrow, my oh, friend. Okay. More of your phone calls coming up next, whether it's Shohei, Bears, Eberflus, Fields, six straight wins to end the year. 312-332-3776. We'll be right back. You're listening to Carmen and Yurko. Follow the show on Twitter at Carmen DeFalco and at Yurko64. This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Crosstalk with Waddle and Silvi at 2. The boys will get you home today. Who's in for uh, Sylvie today? Is it Meller? Yeah, I think Meller, right? Oh, there it is. I'm sorry. It's on the screen. I have trouble paying attention. I'm thinking about Whiskey U tonight, Adam. Waddle and Meller, 2 to 6. And then after uh, that, you're going to get Black and Abdallah 6 to 8 tonight for your listening pleasure. Courtney Cronin joins us live at Hallis at 135. Keith is in Schaumburg. What's up, Keith? What's up, Karn? Uh, first-time caller, long-time listener. Thanks for I calling. I met you guys when y'all... Yeah, man, no no problem. I love listening to you guys. I met y'all when y'all came to Schaumburg um, a couple weeks ago. Um, that was great. On a football gonna... Friday, I remember, yeah. Yes, sir. All right, so here's, here's my thought process, guys. I'm an optimist, all right? So I think if the Bears can get to seven wins, um, I think Ibraflus can keep his job. And I, well, I think it's highly likely that he'll keep his job, and they'll bring back Fields for one more year. All right. Uh, but my question to you guys is: Who do you think they would bring in for uh, offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator? I will hang up and listen to your thoughts. Keith, thank you, my man. Uh, obviously, they will definitely be adding a DC after the the nonsense yeah. with Allen Williams. I'm guessing I'm promoting for within on your defense coordinator. You think so? I think so. Yes. Do you think they're change swapping out Luke Getzey? 
Uh, not if they win eight games. I don't think they, they swap Especially out. Especially if Justin plays well. Yeah, I don't think they're going to swap him out. I think the coaching situation, Yurko, is very much, this is not a reach. If they get to six, only six, they only win two games in the next five, hasta la noche to everybody. Good night, goodbye, see ya, have a great time. I think what happens with the coach is very much tied to what they think they're going to do come April with Carolina's pick, if indeed it's number one or number two. And if it's drafting a young quarterback, I can't see them tethering that young quarterback right. to Matt Eberflus. It'll, I just it'll can't, all be gone. I can't Everything will be gone. Everything can't. will change. And I think it would be crazy to do such a thing. I really yeah. do. I think it'd be completely crazy right. and, and negligent. Let's go to Matt and Streamwood. Hey, Matt. Hey, Carmen. Yurko, thanks for taking my phone call. Yurko, it. regarding that with the D.C., do you think that would be Phil Snow? Like It seems like to me, like I was just telling Abdallah regarding this, is that since Phil Snow has been, I think he got here after the Washington game, game five, I think the team's three and three yeah, since he's been right. here. Yeah, I believe and, that's right. You know, and I know the addition of Montez Sweat. I think the team's two and two with him. And, you know, with those two, I think Matt Eberflus is getting credit where it's his game time decisions. Yurko, to me, is that he needs Phil Snow to be the defensive coordinator so he can oversee the offense, the defense, and the special teams. That he's just overwhelmed with the defense. That he's just getting into his head and he can't. The game's getting away from him, like the Detroit game and the Saints game. That when the game time decisions are are getting him, and I want him to be a head coach. So if he's the best to be a DC, then that's fine. Then you know we know our answers with Eberflus. But he does. I just don't understand why Phil Snow. Like, is it Phil Snow doesn't want to be a DC because well, he thinks I, that I, Matt Eberflus will be fired? They never. They were never going to do that this year, Matt. That's what you got to remember. Uh, Phil, it's a good question for next year. You're, you can address it. Phil Snow was the consultant they brought on. Right. They brought him after in. the nonsense with Allen. Williams and the the fact that uh, all of a sudden Matt Eberflus, you talk about a curveball on a coach to start a year in week two, he's got to fire his DC. Uh, that changed things. Phil Snow, longtime coach, has ties to Marinelli. That's how he's close with Eberflus. Longtime DC, both levels, college pro. Recently, uh, I, under Matt Rule, was the DC in but Carolina, so he's got experience. I, I've got doing to understand it. Phil Snow's role here. He's not there on game day. He might just, be, but he's not on the sideline. I right? thought he was just in the office. I don't he, even th- I, I, he I might think not the be. way it was brought I'm with Yurk. He wasn't scout- even upstairs. Didn't scouting. they say that he's not even in the building? Right. He's just advanced scouting? He's advanced right. scouting. Yeah. Right. Now, he could be helping tremendously with his eyes and, and just Maybe. his intuition yeah. on how to help them structure a defensive game plan. Yeah. He could be very helpful we don't, during the we, week. You don't know the extent of it, but the way it was introduced to everybody was that he'd be advanced scouting, he'd be helping on some of the analysis of the teams that were coming in. That's correct. Um, so I don't know whether he would be that guy that was going to be the defense coordinator or he'd be up there. Um, I think he'd find out very quickly. Is the defense better yeah, because yeah. Matt Eberflus is calling the plays? And is that more of a credit to his ability to be a defensive coordinator and not as much I, a head I tell coach? You, I tell you this, it took him a couple of weeks to get into the rhythm of calling the defenses after Williams was gone. It took him a little time. It wasn't good right away. He, they struggled a little bit right when he took over the helm. And then I think he got a better feel for it. And with anything, I think once you get back in it, you're, you're a little bit better at it. And I think so he got I, – is he a better defense coordinator than he am? Most guys that were top off at being a coordinator, there's only a handful of guys that go to the head coaching position to have success and are there for 10-plus years. You don't get a lot of guys that are in the NFL and stay for 10-plus years. You got Harbaugh, you got Belichick, you got Andy Reid, right? Tomlin. Mike Tomlin. And you got a whole bunch of guys that have been replaced. 
Yep, you know, that's usually what it is. Come in, they get themselves a five-year run if they're lucky, maybe a seven-year run, and then they're asked to bye-bye. Since week five? Pete Carroll, another one of those Pete Carroll's been there over a decade. Yeah. Since week five. Uh, that's a big data sample now. We're in week 14. Bears defense, ready? Fourth in the NFL in EPA per play, ninth in success rate, first in rush EPA and rush success rate. Still the fewest sacks in the league, York at 17, but... You know how many they have in their last uh, three games? In their last three games, they've got seven. They've got seven of those 17 sacks yeah. in their last three in their games. last three games. It's definitely getting better. And some of that is because Montez and if they could have, if they could have gotten Dobbs down the, the five times they had him in the hands and they couldn't bring him to the ground. Mike's in Houston on ESPN 1000. Hey, Mike. Hey, uh, a couple of things. First, uh, I mean, personally, I think that if you make two moves, two big moves, you'll be good. One with uh, being Harbaugh as the head coach, and also if you get Daniel Hunter uh, to solidify that offensive line across from uh, Montez Sweat. But the other thing I wanted to say was that, yeah, I, I, the uh, the Washington uh, Commanders, they're they're uh, gonna as of today, they will be drafting fourth. They need a quarterback, and everybody seven through eleven, the Giants, Tennessee, New Orleans, Tampa Bay, and Vegas, as of today, they all need quarterbacks. So you can trade or swap with them. And if Caleb Williams has all that hype, they have to give you a boatload, including what you got, considering what you got for uh, Bryce Young. They'll they'll give you that. They have to give you that and more. So I think with those moves, I think you'll be set moving forward. I'll hang up and listen Thanks, what you guys want to say. Yeah, add that draft capital. I know Yurko's talked about that as being part of the plan. You're going to have to replace that second round pick that you're uh, sending away in the sweat deal. It's going to be a good pick, and I'll like it unless they go crazier and they get to the seven. Then it then it won't be as painful. And Daniel Hunter will be 29 going into next year. Yes, he's 29 year, now. Man. He's 29 now. He'll be 20. Uh, uh, he'll be 29 going into the year. He'll turn Turns 20. 30. Turn 30 when he's here. He's having yeah. another great year. The kids. I mean, he's good. He's been 13 and a half sacks. He's got 84 and a half career sacks. Yeah. He's got five years where he's got double digit sacks. He's been a, a hell of a player. He's been very consistent. And look, Bears fans know it full well. Very consistent. Very steady. Let's go to Ryan and Carroll Stream. Hello, Ryan. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. I just listened to you while I work. Thanks. Uh, yeah, it's been good. You get a good show today. Carm, you were talking a little bit earlier about what if Justin was to just ball out over the next five games and they decide to keep him and run it back and maybe look at a quarterback in the third round. And let's say they're happy with Braxton Jones and maybe, like the last caller said, they address the pass rusher in free agency. Would it be crazy to draft both? Marvin Harrison and Brock Bowers, could they play together, the two of them plus DJ Moore and Cole Komet? Oh, yeah. I'm just curious what you guys think. And, and Yurko, obviously, being a former player, just would love to hear what you guys think of that idea. Thanks, Ryan. Double tight ends formation, well, well, or would you make him a third wide receiver, Bowers? Oh, boy, yeah, he's so good. He's probably more of a flex-out option, right? He's not an inline tight end, that's for sure. I mean, he's going to be... So you'd, you'd play him as a wide receiver then? Uh, yeah. But not as a, 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 a fast-twitch... Watch him call guy Moore is a big option going down the field somewhere. He's so good. I know he's uh he is I don't know what do you say? And I know it's easy to salivate over him. Would I want to spend my first two round picks with considering where the Bears are and what where they've been and where, Well, it depends on, if you're going to address if you're going to address pass rusher and you think Braxton Jones is a player. Some of it matters. I mean, right? so if you think Braxton Jones can solidify your left tackle position as a fifth-round pick and you're confident with that and you've seen enough and you, and you feel that that's the guy yeah. going into his third year, he's going to be solid, then you can go ahead and play around with skill position players. You okay. can do that. If you get Daniil Hunter if he's, and he's going to be, like I said, he's going 29, he's going to be 30, maybe Minnesota says we've gotten everything out of him we can. 
we'll let him move on so we can reassess some of our positions and what we need. Well, Chris Jones. Right. You right? Know, like, right. But that's Chris Jones only signed a one-year about. deal, right? Yeah. You know, so like, I, I, I think, older, but I, I, th- I think the point is that it's kind of got a, it's a little bit of a meandering river mm. in that you could and you might have to change directions, mm-hmm. you know, depending upon what's happening. So Rock Bowers, big sexy, I'll tell you that. There's a lot to like about him, Randy in Seattle. What's up, Randy? Hello, boys. How you doing? And man? Happy happy Randy. birthday to you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you, Randy. <laughs> um, so. Yerk, this is kind of directed towards you and maybe a little bit to Carmen, but you're focusing on on the Bears winning seven games. And I got eight though. You know, my my victory oh, total is eight, so Yeah, and we have a bet at nine and that's not gonna happen, but even no, eight, that's not. But, but but here's my point. So you tore the team down last year, both going into the season and at mid season, and you won three games. Eh, maybe you should have won four, but but the point is to be expected. And to, with all the resources you put into this team in the off season, to go from three to seven, or it's not that really that great of an increase. Why are we looking at the number of games that they win as being how we're going to evaluate Matt Eberflus as a head coach? Yeah, it I, should be how we see him and, and and what he does, just like the eye test on Justin Fields. Yeah, you're doubling it, not from uh, 6 to 12, but from 3 to 6. Or you're more than doubling if you get to 7, obviously. That's fair. Like, why, uh, Randy, thanks. Like, you know, is how important is the win total for Eberflus? Is it a, or is it other things that they see and like about him in terms of day-to-day business, how he's keep, you know, what he, how he addresses his team, what that team thinks about him, his ability to lead, um, I, I th- that's all probably more important than just tying in, like n- saying a number and saying he's got to get to this for them to keep him. I, I think there's there's probably more that goes into it than just the raw number. Yeah, but but still, the the easiest point of statistical analysis that I would be able to give you is victories. And then if there's victories, then you can look upon the individual performances to find out if those individual performances are there, you know, the way they need to be. If it's a 9-6 taffy pull with your team barely going out and your offense being pitiful, but you still find a way to win the game, yes, they're style points, obviously. Okay. You know, I mean, say they fall short and it's a 31-28 barn burner and your coach did a fantastic job of getting everything done and your quarterback played his ass off just because they don't get to the number, do you look at the performances then and say, hey, even in a loss, that was still a damn good performance, and I like what I saw out of my quarterback. So, yeah, there's a little nuance to it for sure. Latest uh, on what's happening up at Hallis. Back to work Wednesday for the Bears. Coming out of the bye, Courtney Cronin joins us next. Working from home? We're back in the office. Don't miss a minute of Carmen and Yurko. Just ask your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. Wednesday at Alice. Bears coming out of bye. Three and a half point dogs against the Lions in week 14. They're dogs? They Don't are. you dog me. Oh, yeah. Nine and three meets four and eight. Lions are three yeah. right now in the NFC, Yurko. The Lions. Uh, they've given up 30, well, about, about 35. A tick yeah. under. A few tenths of a point less, but we'll call it. Let's round up, Yurko. Let's do it. The Lions are allowing 
35 points per game over the last five games. They managed to win four of those five. Yeah, they came back on the Bears. They almost blew it against the Saints after storming out to a 21 nothing lead, but they didn't. They held on for the win. Why well, I tell you, Sam Laporta, again, how many times can we say it? I'm doing the Tommy DeVito right now, too. Did you see it? When I really I get that. animated, I start doing Italian. the Italian thing. When you did the Italian thing. I don't know if you saw that on the Twitter. I just did it. I, it's like you got a pepper shaker in your hand or something, you know? How incredible tight ends Come out Iowa. Iowa put out yeah. in that offense Keep still stink? Stinks. Let's bring in Courtney Cronin. She joins us live in the Car X Tyronado guest hotline. She is at Courtney R. Cronin on Twitter. She's going to write a whole expose on why Iowa stinks, even though they put awesome tight ends yeah. into the NFL. Unbelievable. Save that for the offseason. Courtney, what's going on? How you doing? Well, we're good. It's nice to be back to work. It feels like we haven't been here uh, in a bit. But, you know, watched all of the games on Sunday and had a chance to see the highs and the lows, the roller coasters that are the roller coaster that is this Lions team this year. And it, it's wild to think about them being on the cusp of their first 10-win season in in about a decade, 9, 10 years. I think 14 was the last time that they had that. And if the Bears win on Sunday, it's only their first back-to-back win under Matt Eberflew. So little difference between where both teams are right now. But this Lions team has shown on multiple occasions that they're a beatable opponent. Yeah. and. Yeah, they end up winning on the road, which is tough to do. I think the quarterback injury for the Saints played into that and just the overall quarterback play mm-hmm. played into that for the Saints. But, you know, there's there's a lot that the Bears can pull from this last game that they had with Detroit where they had a 98.2% chance to win with the final 415 after blow. You know, they had a 12-point lead and then blew it. And I think that that's on everybody's mind here at Alice Hall of how not to let that happen again and build off the momentum, even though it was a game uh, win against Minnesota where they didn't score a touchdown. Are they? Yeah, that, this is a great point. They didn't score a touchdown. Uh, the, the, the theme now seems to be, you know, well, you got the four and you got a winnable schedule. And, yeah, sure, it's, 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 it's a relatively winnable, I guess we'll call it, schedule. The Bears winning out would require six wins in a row. You just mentioned they haven't won back-to-back games in like two and a half years. Are they walking around like a confident bunch? Uh, Which I don't mind, but like where is this coming from considering the last time we saw them on the field, they couldn't score a touchdown? I think a lot of it has to do with the growth they're seeing on defense. Like first and foremost, it's finally coming together. And you know, the takeaways are something that like players will always say, oh, they come in bunches. And it's like, all right, well, is this something, the seven interceptions that they have the last few games, the four, four takeaways that they have in back-to-back games, is that something that's actually going to be, you know, replicated again against Detroit? Because they did it the first time against Detroit. And if they can do that, can they actually score off those turnovers? Because they couldn't do that uh, in Detroit. They had you know, none, no points off turnovers in the first half, 10 total in the second half, and then three points off of four turnovers in Minnesota. That's unacceptable. And one thing Matt Eberflus talked about, like in specific today, with the offense um, and the growth that he needs to see from that unit is taking advantage of those, you know, when there's a sudden change in the game, whether it's a turnover that the defense gets, whether it's a big return off punt or, or kickoff, or whether it's a big explosive play like we've seen this team churn out in moments, but then failing to score 
touchdowns after that. We saw it again with Cole Komet and that 20, 24 yard catch that he had in the end of the first quarter in Minnesota. That drive goes for a field goal. I pointed a couple of these out on, um, on Twitter earlier, but like the ones that stand out are Justin's 29 yard scramble, field goal ends that drive. Uh, you know, I know it was Tyson Bajan playing, but remember that big momentum boost that they got from Mooney when he had that 41 yard catch in, in against Los Angeles Chargers and he could have, you know, kept running because he wasn't down, but then that drive stalls out and they go three and out after that. Like those are the things that can't happen if this offense wants to, you know, get on track here and score points considering they've gone five straight quarters without a touchdown. Mm. With this offense, is it the chicken of the egg? Is it Justin Fields running the offense or is it Luke Getze calling the offense? Where I mean, this is the question the we've been debating for two yeah. years now, right? I mean, not thinking um, about it. it. I get it. And I think the last, if you know, it's a it's a game by game basis. Last week it was clearly, I guess it'd be wait, what comes first, the egg before the chicken. Um, last <laughs> week it would be Luke Getze if you're looking at it from that perspective, because all of a sudden when he allowed them to open up the playbook on that final drive, you saw a Vikings team that didn't want to have the ball go over their head on those explosive, bigger, you know, explosive gains that they had the 36 yarder to DJ Moore. They didn't blitz like. You know, I know it's this idea that you have to take what the defense gives you, but sometimes you coming out and your personnel in, in moments of the game can dictate or at least push the defense in a certain direction. I'm a firm believer in that, and I felt that there was no workaround for the blitz outside of the screen. There were no slants in the game plan. And you can go back to last week when we heard Matt Eberflus talk about the need for more explosives in this game plan, and, and that's something that they lacked, and that's something that, you know, if you see it again, and if that replicates itself, then that's going to be an arrow pointing in the direction of, you know, the arrow of blame, chicken and the egg argument of that being more of an offensive coordinator issue than necessarily an issue of the quarterback, which then factors into the overall evaluation about whether Justin Fields is the guy going forward, whether he's not, um, and how they're going to handle that position in the offseason. Health-wise, they pretty good coming out of the bye? Yeah, full, it looks like a full roster out there at practice. We'll get the injury report here shortly, but it's it's definitely a good sign that the week that they had off, Tyreek Stevenson we know is back. They may try to rotate him and, and Terrell Smith. I know Matty Berflus talked about that earlier this week. And, and, you know, for Terrell Smith to come away from that first, his first start at Minnesota, the game that he had, that gives you confidence as a Bears fan, that they're hitting on the right draft picks. I mean, that guy was a fifth-round draft pick, and he started, and he did an admirable job at that, too, that they're going to have depth back there that they didn't have last week because of the Stevenson injury, and that's a, that's a big thing for a secondary that's coming alive, a pass rush that's getting pressure up front that's allowing the secondary to do have an easier job um, in terms of you know how they're covering the coverage schemes and being able to execute those. So things look like they're going in the right direction in that front. That's good. Anything else we should know, Courtney? I think that's pretty much it. I think we've covered it. Good. Sounds good. Uh, good to talk to you. Good to be back. And enjoy week 14. We'll catch up next Wednesday. Thanks, guys. Take All care. Right, we'll see you. There's Courtney Cronin at Courtney R. Cronin on Twitter for the latest and the greatest. It's Carmen and Yurko. We'll be right back. Zoning out on that Zoom meeting? Zoom, 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 Zoom. Find out what Carmen and Yurko were talking about. Tell your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. Are you excited for the uh, semifinals and final of in-season tournament? 
Oh, boy, I tell you, I can't wait. I mean, I hope. teams. Is there any chance we can get uh, Adam Silver on to talk about it? I think McAfee already had him, but I'm not sure. I'm so upset. I'm so upset. It's four pretty good teams. I I don't know what happened last night. I know Chicago's not in it, right? Mm -hmm. Chicago finished last in its group. Yeah, they're not in it. So, you know, it's hard for me to find some excitement without the tremendous Chicago Bulls in it. You know, if they're not in the playoffs, they didn't find a chance to qualify. Anytime there's a... I don't care. Anytime there's, I'll call it incompetence. Which four teams are there? It's the Pels, Lakers, and it's the Pels. Pacers and the Bucks. Pels and, play, and the Lakers. They'll play tomorrow. First game's, I think, at 3 our time, maybe 4 our time. And then the final is on Saturday night. The Pelicans and the Lakers. That's the second game. The first game tomorrow, the early game mm-hmm. tomorrow, is Bucks and Pacers. And oh, then Pels, Lakers afterwards. Good. And then the final is on Saturday. On Thursday, going against yes. the NFL. Yes. Well, they picked a good week to go against the NFL. Well, even, Jesus. You want to make any wagers on it? Okay, one is a streaming platform with the the Patriots and the Steelers. Yeah. I mean, I, dare I say? Go ahead. You like, want to gamble? Giannis is playing. LeBron's playing. Oh, oh, oh my God. Oh, oh LeBron's wow. not a big deal, Yurko. Jeez. I mean, come on. Well, he's the only guy in the world I know can call timeout without possession of the basketball. That's for damn sure. And that, I'm glad you led me to that. Thank you. When I see incompetency... Yeah. I don't just I look at say stripes. it's a conspiracy yeah. theory. I'm not talking about zebras. I'm talking about referees. Of course. Yeah. Everybody wants to assume it's a conspiracy. You wanted to get the Lakers in Las Vegas. The NBA needed to have the Lakers in Las Vegas. Uh, Maybe. I don't, I don't know. But what's more likely, okay, a grand conspiracy to rig an in-season tournament to get the Lakers to Las Vegas or... Officiating uh, officials sucking. What? I what? think one's more, what's more con- likely. One's a more. One's a conspiracy. The other one's just a fact. But yeah, I mean, to yeah, me, the more referee like, sucking. What's more likely is the refs just suck. They stink. And Yurko nailed it. I'm not sure how you award a timeout to a team when nobody has possession no. of the basketball. How do you do it? I've never seen that before. I covered the NBA. I've watched a lot of NBA in my life. Never seen that one. Never seen it. Is first it a time ever? First time ever? This could be the you think first the ref time. Went over there? Yeah, do you think the ref went over there and asked for an autograph after that? Hey, I LeBron, mean, I, I gave you the time out. Do you think you can autograph something for the kids? Uh, and if you... Jeez. Uh, if you were watching it last night, you probably had the same reaction if you've seen it since. And if not, go look it up. But you're, you're going to walk away after you watch it go, I wonder what these guys are talking about. I didn't stay up late enough. your head. And you're going to scratch your head. You're going to go, wait a minute. You're scratch your head is Le- you're going to do. Did LeBron, just get, did LeBron just call timeout and get awarded one when no team had possession of the basketball? It was rolling? Yeah. That happened. I am, I am, I am interested to see the ratings tomorrow now. You've piqued my interest. Yeah. Good kid. See how it works. You could they The NBA couldn't ask for a better matchup December to, to go against. Did they get lucky or what? And not only that, you got the bombing of Pearl Harbor documentaries that you've got to go against. I don't know. I mean, well, it's December seventh. Thank you. Sure, there's going to be a lot of documentaries out there. Might be a running of Pearl Harbor, the movie with Pearl uh, Harbor Day. Ben Affleck. You never know. Terrible movie. Yeah. Oh, you thought so? I thought it was terrible. Thought it was a little long, but I thought it was good. I didn't like it. Well, well shot. Four and eight. The tip times for tomorrow night. Four and eight locally. Okay. What are they doing? Not locally here. That's the time. That's still air here. Yeah, uh, uh, our time. Our, our time. I'm sorry, Chris. Not like yeah, not central yeah, time. Our central time. Our time. What are you doing? Me. Four o'clock. 
Yeah, what are you doing? What are you doing? Well, you didn't, Keep did, the my, guess is, my guess is you're not going to do what? Eight and ten? Yeah, but the you? games are being played in Vegas. That's the Pacific time zone. Well, you're two you o'clock can, in the afternoon in Vegas. No, but what I'm saying is you could stagger these late into the night. Well, I don't, think, time. I don't think they wanted to do that because do you yeah, want? Yeah, but if you if you had them start at six and ten, that that's be, still ten o'clock Pacific time is only eight. Yeah, six and nine maybe. Yeah, but would people watch TV late? Would, four they o'clock? Who's going to watch that at four o'clock? I want they can't watch in their cars. The game will be over by seven. What are they doing? I want to know what does better: Pell's Lakers or Steelers Patriots? It's still football. Are we sure? A streaming you, service? Two major forgot. teams. This is Jeff Bezos' uh, streaming service. I know baby. they're they're not great this season, but am I crazy Patriots to am I and crazy? Steelers are two of the most notable NFL teams. Am I crazy to bet on the basketball? Yes. Lunch? Should we make a lunch you bet for Friday? You can bet on what you want to bet on. You, you, bet you on? can bet whoever you want to bet. I'm, I'm just like, I'm four and eight is crazy. Four o'clock? What are you doing? I'll give you neither game draws more. Than the uh, than the Thursday night football game, neither game does. Even though it's well, on the stream, yeah, the, the first game is not going to be head to head with it anyway, and I, I can't I imagine that does a big you. number. I'm just I'm just letting you know. You think ESPN's happy about that? Like, hey, four turn o'clock. on our game at four o'clock. <laughs> what? They'll do whatever the NBA tells them to do. Seems like it. There you go. We want Adam Silver on today. He's on all platforms. There you go. Sometimes you get to do what you're yeah, told. Is, you know, maybe you should have at least tried like a, a six and a nine, you know? Mm-hmm. Central time, I'm saying. Should have maybe done six and nine. You know, we, we watch nine o'clock games at the late game on TNT on a Monday or a Thursday that tips off late. That's normal. Right. That's, that, that, that's why yeah. I'm pointing out that yeah. this is strange. Yeah. Why are you having this start yeah. at four when the NBA, people are used to watching NBA basketball on a Thursday Late into the night here yeah. in the central time zone. That is normal. Well, yeah, we'll ask Furman tomorrow, too. What What is it like in Vegas? Is there any buzz oh, for this oh, at all? Yeah. The first game tips that. off yeah, at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Vegas. Yeah, I Vegas wonder, loves I wonder, their basketball. I wonder. For who, the Pacers and the Bucks? Yeah. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Well, at least, listen, at least you get Giannis. You get, you get Giannis, you get Dame, you get Halliburton. Oof, the Bulls passing on Halliburton. Jesus. Yeah. That looks worse and worse every day. They passed on two Tyrese's. How do you pick Patrick Williams over two Tyrese's that are better? What are the odds on that? Not only did they pass on Tyrese Halliburton, they passed on Tyrese Maxey. We'd have to find how many Tyrese's there are in the world that came out that same year (laughs) that played basketball. I mean, you're looking at a a narrow pool, Carm. A narrow pool. Narrow pool. How in the hell? Well, let's forget maybe just that the name is Tyrese, but like the same first name. How is it that either one of those guys at the time would have filled a need for the Bulls and would have been at this point exponentially better than the guy they drafted? I'd rather have Tyrese from the Fast and Furious movies. I don't know those movies, but I'll take your word for it, Adam. You might be onto something. They passed on Tyrese Halliburton and Tyrese Maxey to get Patrick Williams. That doesn't look so good, kid. Well, are the Bulls in last place yet? That doesn't look yet? so good, comma, kid. Are, not the, good are, the kid. Bulls, are the Bulls in last place yet? I don't think so. They're not doing as good as the Blackhawks. That's what you're looking for. I mean, what happened? You're, you're going to stink. What, you want to be in last. You're, what happened? What? Where does the? Where is the breakdown? Where is the? What happens? They could have used the point guard. It's pre-Lonzo, Yerk. It is. And they passed not once but twice for two kids that are... 
top, what, 20 players now, right? I mean, Halliburton, certainly. And they, 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 Patrick Williams. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you're saying. Does anybody else, am I taking crazy pills or like what? I'm trying to find the best. How does it happen for Crinella? They are seven and fourteen. I want to say because they've won two in a row. What the hell's wrong with these standings? I think they're seven and fourteen. What are they the, 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 giving me standings? Just give me the regular season. Mm. What the hell's going on? Give me a regular season. And how standings. is it that the Bulls, when they were picking like in the mid rounds, there they couldn't come up with one of these guys? You know, where's the breakdown? I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out. I can't. I can't get it, Carm. These standings. No, they're seven and fourteen. They are because they were five and fourteen. They won two in a row. They're seven and fourteen here, which is not a good record, my friend. Which is what uh, three thirty three? Is my math right? Yeah, three thirty three. They're seven and fourteen. They had a three thirty three winning percentage. They're terrible. You're on pace. What does that put you on pace for? Uh, Twenty five wins. Twenty seven wins. I believe you are correct there, my friend. It is not good. All right. Meller is in for Sylvie. Waddle and Meller will be in next. For a special crosstalk. Why is it special? Eh, Because it's Wednesday. We'll be back in two minutes. I've got the final word. Carmen and Yurko present today's final word. Because you had to be a big shot, didn't you? You had to open up your mouth. Today's final word. word. On Carmen and Yurko. Jerry Reinsdorf met with the mayor. Of Nashville, Tennessee. Ooh, scary. Jerry threatening to leave again. Uh, go. Good, good riddance. Go.